Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, Brother John. Mm. Yeah, as my greeting implied, we are brothers. We are part of the bro show. Mm. And yeah, every Saturday morning, like clockwork, we talk about what, John? We talk about four things. Four things. Mm -hmm. Four things. The number one thing we talk about is an animal. And the animal we'll talk Ooh. about this week is the tiger, because this is what, John? What is this right now? This is the season of the tiger. That is correct. Six months, we have a season. I got the first. Yeah, good. I got yeah, it right. you did it. I can't believe it. You got it right. I know. You got to stay on your toes. You got to stay on your toes. Yeah. Yeah. We also talk about, we have a word. Because a in word. the process, mm -hmm. in the exhaustive process of our research for this show, we inevitably come across a word and we have a word this week and it's a pretty good word we it also is. have yeah we don't always agree on everything i don't know if you know that john yeah we had a lot I, there were a lot of candidates for words and i think we we, we could have we could have taken from probably about a half a dozen after doing all the reading but we got a good it, one yeah we got a good one in the process of this ad disagreement uh routine we go through <laughs> for the last 75 years or 73, actually, uh, we uh, come up with two takes. It's something that we have differing views on, uh, or even complementary sometimes, but we have two takes on a given subject. That's the third thing we talk about. Last but not least, what's the last thing we do every show, John? Can you tell me? Groaners, bad jokes, dad jokes, all good jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the kind of jokes we like, where the worse they are, the better they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because our personalities. So in any case, that that's our deal. You know, it's the real deal. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You have a question for me? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I usually ask at this point a little bit about your attire. So what can we expect you to wear shark wise today? Yeah. Thank you for the. Uh, specification there on, on what part of my clothing I'm wearing. I didn't want you to go any further. <laughs> Nobody does. Nobody does. I'm wearing the Season of the Lizard t-shirt. Oh, I like that. Me too. too. Yeah, it, that horned whatever. Mm, it's a horned uh, lizard, and it's on a black t-shirt. And it is striking. It shows a beautiful landscape in West Texas of a horned lizard looking up into the sky, seeing yeah. a red-tailed hawk surrounded by uh, kind of deserty, sagey, cacti kind of looking West Texas landscape. And it is beautiful. And they are wonderful little lizards. And that was a great season, that, that lizard season. Remember all that? Oh, mm. yeah. Good yeah, stuff. Yeah, good. And, you and know, I, the tiger stuff is good, too. Um, well, you know what? Speaking of tiger, I happen yeah. to be wearing I Am Not a Pet t-shirt, which is from our sponsor, Big Cat Rescue. I've been worried about them. Yeah, you know what? We need a little follow-up here. You know, Big Cat Rescue, their main thing is to provide a a very nice uh, – we're segueing right into the sponsor. We're, we are uh, – keeping a nice uh, habitat for, for the animals, these animals mm -hmm. that are being abused out there and giving them a good home. And they're located about 15 miles northwest of Tampa. 
So mm. since Tampa was supposed to be in the path, the original path of the uh, uh, Hurricane uh, Ian, um, they decided to really prep up, and they did. They had everything. They, they used generators to make sure the food was properly stored and refrigerated, et cetera. And so the extra effort that they did, they took, was uh, did a great job of uh, being ready. And the good news is, of course, the the, the, the hurricane decided to, to go further south through through Fort Myers, about 90, maybe 100 miles south of there. So all good. So just to let you know, Big Cat Rescue is doing fine. Uh, and, of course, good, we can talk good. a little bit about their mission. Uh, and that mission, as I've stated already, is to find the best home they can for their critters, big cats. And you know, also – yeah, you know, not to interrupt here, but you know, they just demonstrated what they do, right? Yeah, I mean, the storm—that's that, it. It says it all. That says it all. It says that there's, there, they you know there are the obstacles. The they're on the job train. They, they basically work OT. They mm. just got volunteers, et cetera, to make sure that things were going to be right for these animals. Wow. So uh, what's what's good about this is that it's met the test of time. It's been a 501c3 for you know uh, well over 30 years. And uh, and they've got yeah they're nonprofit five hundred one c three and they have you know received uh, several different awards uh, they've been certified by charities of America etc and what we really like in addition to all the great things that they do is they provide their uh, the contributors with the opportunity to get some really good swag particularly t-shirts yeah. oh yeah and this is one of our criteria for choosing uh, a sponsor. And since we choose them, they don't choose us, and they don't pay us because yeah. we're we're not corrupted. We're not corrupted. We are so squeaky clean. It's, oh, un, it's man. unreal. <laughs> it is unreal. We're unreal. Uh, and, well, that's yeah. another topic. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So in any case, they have swag. Go to the site. We have links in the show notes. Uh, you can donate. You can buy a T-shirt or some other a bag, all kinds of stuff. They have a wide variety and good stuff. John's even got one. Are you wearing it today? Or are you? Wearing I'm wearing it? it today. I'm wearing it. Wow. I'm not a pet. It's it's really good. It, it's that's important because you know as we get older, older men get hit on by women a lot. I don't know if people are aware of this, but uh, and you know the more unavailable we are sexually, the more this happens. Uh, so yeah, I think harmless. it's important. We are totally. Uh, well, in my case, completely. So. I think it's important to wear T-shirts that warn people that we are not pets. You know, <laughs> I may look like a tiger in bed, but I'm not. We have to warn the female population. Yes. Come on. It's okay. Makes sense to yeah. me. All right. So, hey, hey, you ready? Tiger story. All right. Tiger story this week oh. is amazing. The name of this story is AI of the Tiger. <laughs> it's kind of kind of a takeoff on, on the Rocky uh, song. Yeah, right? uh, the Tiger. So, in any case, what's cool about this is cool on a number of different levels. Number one, the whole idea here is to be able to ID tigers. Now, this is a part of a bigger story too. The bigger story is, in general, for quite a while, starting in Africa, there's been a movement to be able to identify endangered species so they can keep track of their locale and their population. So right. we know, we know, you know, it's one thing to say, hey, this is an endangered species. How do you know how endangered? How do you know when they're not? So Quantify the problem. Exactly. And this is key to our entire episode. 
by the yeah. way. This, this is a theme we're going to keep going on here. So the idea is that in order to solve a problem, you have to know how severe it is and whether you're not, whether or not you're moving toward a solution. So this is a good thing. And there's a great, if you click the link to the story, you're going to see a nice TV spot they did up in, up in the Pacific Northwest to track cougars. And cougars, mm. of course, are a topic close to you, John. You, you've always felt an affinity. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I am pretty I'm sure that's your, yeah, it's probably your spirit animal. We won't get into that. But in any case, yeah, they track cougars with these little collars that have radio signals and what have you. But that is kind of like the digital high-tech solution to problem. Why do they do this? They do it because these big predators are really key animals in maintaining an ecosystem. It's not intuitive that you would think this. But since we are predators, or omnivores at least, and we screw up ecosystems, it's hard for us to believe that there are apex predators that actually maintain and engineer ecosystems. And tigers and big cats are those animals, as are wolves and some other, and even bears. So this is important stuff, the work that they're doing here. And now here comes the good part. The tigers have a unique pattern, those stripes that everybody gets such a kick out of and think are so so cute and all that stuff. They're not just cute, John. These are unique identifiers. And, yeah. you know, yeah. And so there's been this program. They're the, uh, what is it called? It's the EIA, I think it's called. Yeah, the uh, Environmental Investigation Agency. There is, that's a non, another nonprofit. And what they're doing is they got a grant from the Alan Turing Foundation to develop artificial intelligence to uh, identify, track, and, and, and put it into a database the unique patterns of every single tiger. Whether right. that tiger is on the floor in the form of a rug, sorry about that tiger, or stalking around the jungle or savanna or Siberian wilderness, and they have a really cool algorithm to do this. They're developing it. It's in test right now, but it soon will be rolled out, and they'll be able to tell every tiger that ha- that has or will or is walking the earth. And the way they do this is clever. They get the video, and then they tear the video apart and flatten it out, as it were, so that yeah. they can see the fingerprint, so to speak. The code print, the pattern of the stripes, and then it works in reverse. When they see a video or a photo of a tiger, they can then run the algorithm and see, ah, that's this particular tiger. And they have QR Mm. codes that tell them what the tiger is so that if they do see a trophy picture of some a-hole who has destroyed this beautiful animal, They can track it back to the actual animal, know the last time it was spotted, know where it is spotted now, right? Wean, wean out the suspects, make an arrest. Yeah, get strong evidence. Uh, I I kind of can relate to the whole, uh, this whole exercise by the fact of taking an inventory can be challenging when the inventory items are moving around. So you, you can, so this is a, the inventory part of it is, is what intrigues me. And the other thing is that by getting an inventory of this and finding out what the problem is also gives you an opportunity to then 
see how well you're doing and improving the increasing the population, or maybe are we decreasing the population? So it gives you an, a, a chance to really get a measurement as to how well you're doing. The other thing I wanted to point out is, you know what, it's much safer to take a picture of a tiger than it is to get a paw print. I think that's something we should note. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, that is, this, this is something I never thought of. You know, this is, I, I'm a, hold on, I've got to write this down in my list of things about John. You know, does not mind walking under a ladder, but will not walk under a scaffold. Will not take paw prints of a tiger. Okay, got it, got it. This has been a very illuminating morning so far. All right. Well, I thought, Thank I, you, John. That's, you know, I, I, that's what I kind of got out of the, the whole thing. I said, yeah, paw prints are tough. This is good. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they are. Yeah, talk about a, a tough room. Yeah, mm. Tough paw. Hey, we have a word today. We sure do. Uh, this is a word you came up with. I think it fits in very well to segueing into our two takes. It's asylum and perhaps... Uh, you know, you normally think about uh, asylum, uh, the, the more traditional old definition, it relates to, you know, the institution that's for the, you know, taking care of mentally ill orphans and other people in need of, of assistance. But you've come up with, you know, we often have this definition, the other one, and that is sort of political asylum. Maybe you can talk a little yeah. bit about how that all unfolds. Yeah. Uh, what's interesting about this word, as you said, is, it has four different definitions. Um, yeah. And, and I, 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 our two, two, today, two, two takes today has, you know, to do with this topic, of course. But above and beyond that, when I thought, well, this is, this is not going to be a very complicated word. I was very surprised it is complicated. And, you know, the, the one is an institution for maintaining the care of the mentally ill, but another one is an inviolable refuge. As formerly for criminals, debtors, sanctuary. He sought asylum in the church. That is one of the older definitions, actually. Yes. So, yeah, and along with, you know, maintaining people who are in, in trouble mentally. Uh, also, it has to do with international law, which we'll talk about today. A refuge granted to an alien by a sovereign state on its own territory. Temporary refuge granted political asylum. Yeah, that's what it's talking about there. Any secure retreat is called asylum and asylum. So it's a neat word. It's it's clever. And, you know, this gets into a lot of international law and, uh, you know, state law or country law, you know. So hmm. it's neat. It's, it's a nice word. And it, this gets into a lot of international agreements, which is what we're going to talk about today. Wow. You know, when I took a look at this, the three four definitions, and I saw the second one, inviolable. Uh, I thought, you know what? That could have been the word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it could have been. It's like, it, it's like we're, we're running into words everywhere. They're everywhere. These words oh, that we like, you know, use. It's, bark, 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 bark. it's like chicken man. It's chicken man. All over again. It's everywhere. Yeah, it's like these words are just coming out of the sky. I, I can't. Wow, it's incredible. We are. Are we safe? Yeah, I think we are. I think we're safe. All right. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about our two takes topic, which is, you know, seeking political asylum in the United States is not a crime. Yes, this is a uh, I, I mean, there's a great video you have here, which does a very good job of, of indicating that, you know, when we, we know there are refugees and there are, we're not going to get into necessarily the, the, the very concise definitions and all the various ins and outs, whatever. But we're going to talk about 
is the fact that people that seek political asylum, as what's happening so much in our world today, um, you know, as we see what's happening in Europe, as what we're seeing is happening in a place like Venezuela, is that these people are doing their, their thing within the bounds of the law. And, uh, yeah. and I'll just kind of give you a little bit of background. Well, what law are we talking about? Well, back in 1951, there was a Geneva Convention called the Refugee Convention. And that was followed up in 67 by what they call a protocol or an amendment convention to the, the original. And they are the key legal documents that form a basis for refugee rights and under international law. And they do a good job of defining a, a refugee. And, you know, we're basically talking about individuals that are being suppressed or being harm, in harm's way as a result of their beliefs within the country that they're living. They're not what you call they're they're not, you know, being they're, they're not part of war. These are these are they're, they're the citizens that are affected. As yeah. we see, for example, the citizens of Ukraine as they're, you know, going into places such as, as Poland. So the cornerstone of this convention is that a refugee should not be returned to a country where it's facing serious threats on their life or freedom. And uh, I think that uh, the most amazing, there's a bunch of rights that are in this, but the one that really caught my eye was among the rights contained in this 1951 convention is the right not to be punished for illegal entry into a country. Wow. So in other words, you can be, you can, Break the law coming into this country, but if it's political asylum, you can't you can't be punished for it. I thought that was pretty impressive. That that is extremely impressive. And you know, sp- talking about words, we got this other word that came up. I was reading the, the Geneva Convention uh, text, and they use this French word, and I'm probably yes. not pronouncing it r- right, but it is the the it is the perfect word that encapsulates this whole concept. And it's non-refoulement. And that means that you cannot be uh, deported back to this country if you were a true uh, political refugee, because your life would be endangered. And and this all came about because of World War II. You know, I was thinking about this, John. Here's a big thought for you. You know, it's easy to get really discouraged by all the bad news that we have these days. But there's two pieces of good news that I hearken back to that human beings are kind of amazing. And one of them is, uh, you know, the Declaration of Independence and the yeah. Constitution. That whole period of time when Hamilton and all these people wrote these documents, they really, really, really let the cream rise to the top. These are some of the best thoughts human beings have ever had. And I would right. say secondarily, the stuff that Truman and Marshall and these guys put together after World War II, including this, the Geneva right. Convention, that also is some of the most well thought out, uh, you know, the reconstruction uh, of Europe and all that stuff that went on. It wasn't perfect, I'm sure. But a lot of it was, and this is one of the jewels in this crown, and it's something to be proud of if you're a human being. We do a lot of stuff that's not so proud, but this is one of them. I like this thing. This is neat. Well, so what they do is they got the definition of it, and of course, we're not going to get into the nuances. They have to then address the issue of what is not a refugee, you know, people that are yeah. escaping countries and they're regarded as a, a danger to security or they are convicted of a serious crime, et cetera. 
The result of all this, the agreement was basically signed by 149 different countries uh, for the 51 convention and also the follow-up convention in 1967. When it comes to administering and kind of keeping track of the international law, uh, we're, we're talking about the United Nations Relief Agency, which which uh, takes care of that. They estimate that under their mandate, under the rules of, of the international law, there are about right now about 23 million refugees that they handle. Now, that's not all the refugees. That's just the ones that they kind of can see under their their law. So here we are. One of the countries that, of course, signed that happened to be it was the United States. So what does the United States have to do? They've got to take a look at their legislation, their acts, their their laws and see that they are consistent and mm-hmm. then provide a means by which we can we can administer and do what we are obligated to do. So we've got the United States Refugee Act of 1980, which is an amendment to earlier acts. And they provide the details by which the then U.S. can live up to their obligations under international law. And it, it comes up with that this act provides a, uh, a systematic way for admission of refugees of humanitarian concern and then providing us with uh, a comprehensive and more uniform provisions for the effective resettlement and absorption of the refugees within to within our country. Now that there's there's challenges, and that's part of what we're not we're, we're not going to get into the complication nature of basically taking a refugee and getting it all morphed into becoming a U.S. citizen, because that is an enormous challenge that that these people have. Um, so what the, the law actually limits the amount of the number of ref, our law, the, ref, the 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 U.S. Act limits the number to fifty thousand refugees per year, but it's got a lot of wiggle room. Emergency situations, so that that can bounce. And what we found out is, and this is more politically, that uh, you know this number has been as many as you know maybe well over fifty thousand. But right now it's sitting more less than half of that because of previous regimes, you know, doing things. Regimes, yeah. I mean, a political party, you know, whatever. We don't yeah. need to get into politics, but it can fluctuate. Is the bottom line? Yeah. So. You know, this is a very complex process, but we need to understand that when these people come to our country because of this, you know, of being a refugee as defined, as it's defined, they're not criminals. And in some ways, what we're doing right now is we're treating the, you know, we're we're, we're treating them as they are, and we're bouncing them around the country as they're getting, you know, bus this and that, whatever. And, you know, you, you assume, well, these, these are this is a problem. Well, the problem isn't the refugees. The problem is our problem because we have obligated yeah. ourselves to address this issue. So. And, and, you know, we should. It, this is the right thing to do. It, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. And, you know, also there's a lot of there's a lot of talk every time uh, elections come around, whether it's midterms or the presidential election. This this whole issue of immigration comes up. Right. And people don't understand. They they start conflating all kinds of things. And refugee and political asylum and all that stuff, that is a very, very small part of immigration. And it's a, it's a specialty, right? And it has its own rules. And people, they what they do is they just mix it all in a big bowl and get confused. So the, yeah. the, the road to solving this immigration problem, quote, unquote, means understanding what our obligations are 
and right. what is legal, what's illegal, what's all this stuff. Because right now it's just a big mess and it's being used to confuse people. And I, I think, you know, one of my biggest gripes is people say, well, you know, these people coming in our country are taking our jobs. No, you know what it is? The employers are taking away your jobs because they want to keep hiring people who are cheaper and cheaper. That is cheaper. the problem, right? That is yeah, not, that is. It's not some poor guy coming into your country. That is not the problem. The problem is these greedy bastards who are trying to find cheaper, cheaper, cheaper labor so they can get a bigger golden parachute and a fourth house. Come on. <laughs> Wake up. All right, that's it. Yikes, that's my, I, I, that's I, it. I'm okay. Done. okay, okay. Well, uh, you know, you were talking just a little bit about the uh, the U.S. immigration. Uh, you know, the, the actual agency that takes care of all this have got uh, so many other things that they're dealing with. Not to undermine because of the size, because we know this is a big problem. Because it it takes years. Quite often, here these poor people have gone, you know, from maybe Venezuela up here to the U.S. and they don't realize that their biggest obstacle lies in what's in front of them as they go through the, the, the tedious, time-consuming, overwhelming, long-standing process of, of trying to become, you know, a, a, you know, actually qualifying as a, as a refugee, you know, right. they're a candidate when they get here. So it's yeah. really rough. Yeah. Yeah. It's not easy. And by the way, in case anyone needs reminding everyone here, almost is an immigrant. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, in the United States, you know, the Native Americans are not. They were here already. And yeah. Okay. Enough of that. Hey, you. Yes. Are we ready for groaners? I think we are ready for two groaners. Our groaners have been provided to us by Vincent Anthony Lauder Jr., commonly referred to as the coach. The coach. And he has delivered as usual. So mm-hmm. here's groaner number one. Okay, hold what on. I do gotta you... assume the position. All right, okay, I'm ready. Get ready. Okay, got your thinking cap on. I hope. I do. What do you get when you cross a dog and an an antenna? What do you get when you cross a dog with an an antenna? That's hard to say, but I give it my it best shot. You said it. You did very well. Oh, a dog and an antenna. Yeah. Well, a radio dog. I don't know. A golden receiver. That is excellent. Oh, I like that one. Golden receiver. Okay. All right. I'm in. I'm in. Okay. What do you call a person who practices the science of wish granting? What do you call a person who practices the science of wish granting? Oh, this is so bad. It's got something to do with a genie, I assume. Yes, it does. You, you got it. In effect, it's, it's a, it, it, that's it. So I'm going to give you virtually full credit on that, because the answer is a genealogist. Oh, very nice, very nice. Oh man. Okay. All right. Thank you, John. Okay. Thank you.